0: Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are on a mission to make a difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. It's a journey, and we're all walking it together. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. Well, y'all, we're going to continue our series on God privilege. Is anybody, is this helping anybody so far? We're, We're in part four. Yeah, this is good stuff. Um, so we're learning how to live in the promises of God, right? And focusing on three of them, wealth, health, and protection. For some reason, I always want to say prosperity at the end, like that P word wants to be prosperity, but it's, it's protection. And, and for the past three weeks, we've been talking about God's promise of wealth. And you're like, are we going to talk about this again? Yeah. Until God tells me that we got it. It's going to take a little while. That's okay. Sometimes we've got to hear the, some things and over and over and over. And we've got to be patient with our mind as it gets renewed. Right. We've got to learn how to see money from God's perspective, because the bottom line is God wants you to prosper. God wants you to prosper. Yes, yes, yes. I don't care what anybody else has told you, what life experience has told you, nothing, nothing like that. God wants you to prosper. He does. I'll prove it to you in scripture, but I'm going to give you this definition of godly prosperity again, more than enough for my family, plus an overflow to accomplish everything God asks me to do. Yeah. Let me show it to you in scripture. Second Corinthians nine, eight says that God's able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. God wants you to have way more than you need so that you have the extra needed to help others. How many of you guys want to help others? You want to get to a point where you don't even have to think about your own needs. I mean, they're just, they're taken care of. And so I'm looking for a way that I could be a blessing in the lives of others. And that's how, you know, if you're living in the promises of God, if this scripture does not describe your life, then you need to take what you've learned over the last three weeks, what you're going to learn this week, and you need to apply it to your life. Cause I promise you, it's going to change. This works. I'm not teaching you guys anything that I haven't applied to my life already and seen the results of it. I was the guinea pig. I tried it out and it works. All you got to do is apply it to your life and you'll see it work for you too, because God has no respecter of persons. Cade's not any specialer, is that even a word, <laughs> specialer, more special. Come on. Amy, Amy will help me out, more special. I'm not more special than you guys. We are all God's children. I love what Jesse Duplantis says. He's like, we are not God's, God's adults. We are God's children. And that's a perspective shift because you think he he just holds you responsible as an adult, but think of how you treat your kids. You care for them, you feed them, you put a house, give them a roof, you provide for them, right? We are God's children. He does all those things for us if we let him, or he'll let you do it, try, try to do it by yourself if you want to go that route too. But my expectation is for this series to send you all on a journey with the destination of godly wealth. Every single person in this room, I'm talking about living debt free. Anybody want to live without a car payment? Without a house payment, without credit card debt, because that's God's vision for your life. That's his plan for your life. Anybody want to have more than enough? Yes, we all do. And that's my, that's my expectation. I'm not just delivering the series be like, oh, let's go on with life as usual. No, I'm expecting you all to change. <laughs> I, I'm expecting to see results of this word. So say this with me. God wants me to prosper Do y'all believe that yet? God wants me to prosper. And everything we've talked about the last three weeks has been preparation. And now that we're ready to cooperate with what God's wanted to do in our lives all this time, this isn't anything new. He didn't just all of a sudden want us to prosper. He's wanted you to prosper from the very beginning. You've just been getting in the way. But we've been preparing. We've been getting ourselves out of the way so that we can receive what God has for us. So today we're going to talk about divine multiplication. But first, I got to tell you a joke. Actually, before that... Now it's time to embarrass my dad since he's back in the room. Today's his birthday. Y'all want to sing to him? Here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Pastor Papa. Happy birthday
1: to you.
0: (laughs) How close are you to 60 now? (laughs) Two years away. (laughs) Oh, did they blow up your Facebook? The Philippines? That's, that's awesome. Awesome. That's awesome. All right, now time for a joke. Hey, Drake, will you give me just a little more volume on my mic? Because I feel like I'm having to yell, and I don't want to, because I'll lose my voice by the end of that. All right, so I want to tell you a joke that kind of compares uh, the world's economic strategies with God's economic strategy. All right, so socialism. You have two cows. The government takes one and gives it to your neighbor who doesn't have a field to put it in. Socialism, right? Communism. You have two cows. The government takes both, gives you some milk, and the cows die of neglect. Fascism. You have two cows. The government takes both, gives you some milk, and the cows die in the war. Nazism, you have two cows, the government takes both and shoots you. Right? <laughs> Divine multiplication, you have two cows, you sell one to buy a bull, the herd multiplies, the economy grows, and you have more than enough for your family plus an overflow to help others. Right? Some would call that traditional capitalism too, but I didn't say that because I didn't want to turn you off. Hopefully, I didn't just turn you off right then. But multiplication was set in motion the moment the earth was created. Consider an apple. In it, you find multiple seeds. Each seed has the capability to grow an entire apple tree that produces countless apples. Each apple has several seeds on the inside of it. I mean, we can't even comprehend how many apples come as a result of one apple seed. Talk about divine multiplication, right? And get this, our first command from God was to multiply. That's the first thing that he commanded us to do. In Galatians 128, Carrie's excited about that. God blessed him and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. And Carrie, you were obedient. I don't have scripture to back this up, but I say that you don't even multiply until you've had four kids because two times two is four, right? (laughs) That's just a joke. Don't take me seriously on that. But the first thing God asked us to do was to multiply. In other words, divine multiplication has been around since the very beginning of time. God wants to partner with you to multiply, not just in the kid department, but in every area of life. And it's so important that he didn't just ask us to multiply. He wasn't like, hey guys, would you multiply? No, he commanded us to multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. Do it. Of course, Jesus gave us an example of this many times. I mean, there's that time, we talked about this last week even, that Jesus was just trying to get some time to himself. Um, the reality is John the Baptist had just died, which was like His cousin and his BFF, I mean, they were partners in ministry. He had just died. He was trying to go away and get some time. We can all understand that, right? He deserved that time. But someone spotted him. The word got out that Jesus was in town. So a bunch of people gathered, and they wanted healing, and they wanted to hear from Jesus. And that's the feeding of the 5,000, right? Which it's believed that when you add women and children to the count, because that was just 5,000 men. You had women and children. It was probably more like 15,000 people, maybe even up to 30,000 people that were around him that day. And that's a lot of people to feed. And it only took five loaves and two fish to feed all of them with leftovers. That's his example of divine multiplication. Jesus demonstrated it. Or how about the early church? There were 120 believers in the upper room waiting for the Holy Spirit that Jesus had promised to send them. They were waiting. And they all received the Holy Spirit. They spoke in other tongues. And then there was people outside of that room that were a little bit confused about what was going on. What is wrong with these people? They've got to be drunk. Right? That's what they were thinking. But it's only 9 in the morning. What are these people doing drunk this early in the morning? So Peter, he went out and he gave a powerful message to these people who were criticizing what was going on. And what happened after he gave that message? Take a look. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. So in one Sunday, that church went from 120 people to 3,120 people. That's divine multiplication. What would we do if that happened here? So we've just talked about three places in Scripture where you discover the reality of divine multiplication. We could keep going because it's all throughout Scripture, but what I'm trying to get you to understand is that multiplication is a big deal to God. It's very, very important to Him. God has not just asked us to multiply, He's commanded us to multiply, yet somehow we've gotten off on this idea that multiplication is a bad thing. That's why you hear things like, God just wants our church to be small, or you think, God just wants me to be poor to keep me humble. Or you think, I can't handle more than one kid. (laughs) I'm going to call it on all of those things, BS. I won't say the words, but I will use the acronym. God commanded us to multiply. Therefore, any idea that is contrary to multiplication is deception. You should recognize that. Is this contrary to multiplication? Eh, I ain't receiving it. It's not mine. So cast off that deception and buckle up because I'm about to give you all some truth like I always do. God has given us the assignment of a steward. We're to steward the earth. In other words, God put us in charge of what he owns and he expects us to take care of it. But don't let this get you wound up with this nonsense about global warming. I have to do a plug on this here just because I don't want people to get the wrong idea Y'all, that is just a fear tactic that the government is using to try to control you. Did I lose any of you? Man, because they want your money, and they want it through bogus regulations. And that's what it's all about. God already told us how the end of this, is going to be. How, this is how we know. Kate, how do you know that global warming is not a big deal? Because I go to the scripture, and I find answers. And what Jesus told me is that at the end times, it's going to be like Noah. Whenever he was building the ark, people were marrying, they were having feasts, they were living life, all the way up until the time that the flood came and washed everybody away. And that is what the end of the age is going to be like. We're going to be going on life as normal. That doesn't sound like the earth being destroyed by global warming to me. It doesn't. I mean, if that were the case, the Bible would say something about Jesus coming to save us from from being fried by the natural gas emissions. For real. For real. Yes, we need to take care of the earth. Don't hear me wrong. I'm not saying go trash the earth. That's not what I'm saying here. Don't hear what I'm not saying, right? (laughs) But don't give in to this nonsense about global warming. If fossil fuels were going to cause the earth to disrupt, God wouldn't have created them, and he wouldn't have enabled us to discover them and use them for the good of mankind. That was a bit of a rabbit trail, but I've been wanting to tell you guys that for a few weeks (laughs) ever since this whole, I mean, that's just the next thing that they're trying to use. COVID is kind of waning off. They're kind of losing their control with COVID. So they're like, what what are we going to do now? And it's global warming and that's what's coming next. And if you haven't seen it already, just get ready. It's going to come. They're going to try to deceive you and try to get you to live in fear because of global warming. How many of y'all want the government to take control of your thermostat? How many of y'all want the government to tell you how much gas you can put in your car each month? That's what they're trying to do, and we're not going to have it. I'm not going to stand for it. But since we're God's stewards, we need to find out what's required of a steward. He's the one that asks us to steward the earth. What does that look like? What does it look like? He gives us the answer in 1 Corinthians. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. faithful. There's only one requirement for stewards mentioned in this verse. You have to be faithful faithful. And it's not a suggestion either. You like that? It's a requirement. It's required. So how would you guys define faithfulness? Go ahead and shout it out. Consistency. Consistency. Loyalty. Loyalty. Honesty. Honesty. Obedience. Obedience. Those are good. But there's one very important one that we missed. Multiplication. In other words, you are faithful when you multiply. And you might be really concerned for me right now. How does Cade define faithfulness multiplication? Let's get him a dictionary. (laughs) I mean, he clearly needs one. And that's a fair argument, but hang with me because the word of God is going to reveal this to you. That faithfulness is multiplication. To explain, let's head to the parable of the talents. In Matthew 25, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and he entrusted his money to them while he was gone. So this story is a parable. This means that it's a made-up story to help us understand something. And if you're like me, you struggle with anything that's not literal. I'm a pretty literal kind of guy. So it's literal people need to dig a little deeper to understand the symbolism here. So let me help you out. In this story, the man going on a long trip represents Jesus. And the servants represent all of us. And notice it's a long trip. This, he went on a long trip. So, if you are wondering what has taken Jesus so long to return, he gave you a heads up. Quit griping. He told you it was going to be a long trip. In the meantime, while he's gone, he has fully entrusted us with his money, his resources. He's left us with things to steward. And another thing to notice is that this man that went on a long trip didn't occasionally come back to make sure that the servants were doing what he asked them to do with his money. No, he told them what to do, and then what? He entrusted his money to them while he was gone. We have a hard time understanding this because we're used to being managed. Our boss gives us an assignment and then checks on us a thousand times just to make sure we get it done, right? We're used to being managed. God doesn't do this. He gives you an assignment, and then he fully entrusts you to do it. If you don't do it, well, you're the one missing out on divine multiplication. Most people are so conditioned to relying on their manager to bug them until they get things done that they treat God the same way. For example, the Holy Spirit gives you some big revelation. You don't even write it down. You just think, ah, oh, he'll remind me of that. Or heck, maybe he'll even do it for me. Let me give you a hint. He won't. <laughs> he- he won't the Holy Spirit will ask you to do something and he'll wait for you to do it And likely he won't give you another instruction until you do that one Anybody experience that? Yeah So if you feel like you're stalled out in your walk with Christ And you better take some time to remember what did he tell me to do last that I haven't done? And if you can't remember it, just ask God. He's so patient. He's so faithful. He'll he'll remind you He'll tell you So let's continue the story He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to the other, and one bag to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities, and then he left on his trip. So most Bible translations use the word talent instead of silver in this verse. The reason the NLT uses silver is because a talent is a measure of weight, is what it is. And most of the time, it was used to measure gold or silver. So one talent is roughly 75 pounds, So today, one talent of silver is worth about $25,000. So the first servant was given $125,000, the second $50,000, and the third $25,000. But the exact amount is not really what's important here. What we need to get is that these servants were entrusted with a significant amount of responsibility. I mean, 75 pounds of silver is no chump change, right? So let's continue. The servant who received... The five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. So let's make this story easier easier to understand. I'm going to give all the servants a name. We got Mo, and he started out with five. He ended with 10. We got Larry. He started with two and ended with four. And who's the next one? Curly. Curly. He started with one and ended with one. And now after this long trip, the master returned, asked him to give an account of how the money had been used. How many of you you love it whenever your boss comes in and asks you to give an account of what you've done with your time? (laughs) So that's what's going on here. Let's start with Mo's response. He said, Mo, to whom had entrusted the five bags of silver, came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. Now listen to the judgment of the master. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Don't miss that. He said, You have been faithful. In other words, Jesus directly attributes faithfulness to multiplication. There was nothing else this servant had done that was highlighted. It didn't say that he was dependable or consistent or loyal or anything else. Yes, all those things are good qualities. They are. But the only thing tied to faithfulness here is multiplication. Same is true for Larry. Larry came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. So once again, the servant multiplied what he had and the master contributed it to him as faithfulness. And notice the master's response was exactly the same for the guy who went from five to 10 and the guy who went from two to four, the same. This means that when we get to heaven, God will, God will pay no attention to who has the most. The only thing that matters is did you multiply what you had? So quit comparing yourself with someone who's more wealthy than you because the amount is irrelevant. It's irrelevant. The only thing that matters, the only scorecard that's here is did you multiply what God gave you? That's the only scorecard here. An example would be a stay-at-home mom. She multiplied her effectiveness by raising her kids. She was multiplying herself. That will be equally as praised as an entrepreneur who multiplied his business. So let's see what happened to Curly, the guy who hid his money. Curly said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man. I didn't, he didn't seem very harsh to me so far. I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it. Look, here's your money back. Before we read about Curly's judgment, let's examine what's going on here. First of all, Curly didn't multiply. He maintained Don't miss this, he didn't multiply, he maintained. Also, he didn't understand the character of his master. He didn't understand his master, so he incorrectly perceived him as harsh and unfair, and therefore he was afraid. So fear is what shut him down and kept him from multiplying. He was afraid. This happens to so many Christians. They don't understand God's character because of wrong teaching or not spending enough time in the Word of God. And so they think God is harsh. They think he's unfair. And this fear causes them to kind of go in their little hidey hole and live a pitiful life because they're scared. But God is love. God is just. He is righteous. And y'all, God is straight up wealthy. He owns this place. And he loves you so much that he's not going to leave you in your little hidey hole. He loves you that much. And that's why he gives Curly a very stern rebuke. <laughs> the master replied, "You wicked and lazy servant." Ha. I mean, can you imagine somebody saying that to you? What if I said that to you? You'd leave the church. And you'd go on social media and you'd tell everybody how this pastor at no limits is not even a real Christian. He's mean. <laughs> Nevertheless, this is the response you'll get if you fail to multiply what was given to us. And I can see how the word wicked here in this verse could throw you off. That can make you think, so did this servant not make it to heaven? I mean, I mean, what's going on here? So let's dig into this Greek word that was translated to wicked so we can get an understanding of what he meant. So poneros is the word, and it means full of labors, annoyances, hardships, of a bad nature or condition. That's what the word wicked means means in that verse. I mean, digging digging into these words brings so much understanding and so much clarity. This servant lived a terrible life because he failed to multiply. That's what Jesus was saying here. That's what he was trying to explain. I mean, he probably worked an annoying dead-end job. He probably didn't make enough money to care for his family, so they were always under the burden of credit card debt. Something was always breaking down. Something was always going wrong. And because his life sucked, he had a bad nature. No one wanted to be around him because he was no fun to be around. In other words, he was called to make a difference in the lives of others. He was called to be a positive influence around those, in those around him. But all he did was run people off because he failed to multiply. And it created in him a bad nature. So now you see why the master called him wicked and lazy. He didn't do what he was asked to do. God had an abundant life planned for him that would impact countless other lives. But because he refused to embrace multiplication, he just ran people off. Let me summarize this for you. Those who multiply are good and faithful, those who maintain are full of hardships that cause a bad nature. Ouch. I mean, this hurts. We could all just stop right here and go lick our wounds. This is just a summary of the verses that we just read. When he said that those who multiply good and faithful, those who maintain wicked and lazy, the word "wicked" means full of hardships that cause a bad nature. I'm not lazy. I ain't wicked. I ain't none of that. I love it. Good. That is not me. Good. It really does no good to lick your wounds for being like that third servant, right? What does work is repenting, turning away from that, and embracing multiplication, saying, God, I'm going to multiply. I'm going to do this now. I'm sorry I hadn't done it before, but I'm going to do it now, right? Because whatever God puts in our care, whether it's finances or skills or kids or a business, we're to return it to him multiplied. And here's the good news. You don't have to do it by yourself. God's grace is there to come help you. So you might feel a little discouraged right now, but that's not the purpose of my message. I don't intend to come in here and discourage you. Sometimes we have to have our wrong thinking exposed so that we can bring in the right thinking, though, right? I want to make you aware of that, that the call to multiply is on your life. And it can be overwhelming, and even the Apostle Paul was overwhelmed with the call of God on his life. But I want you to take a look at the Lord's response when Paul was crying out for help. Like Maybe you feel like that right now. I want to multiply, but "Ah, it seems so hard. I don't know if I can do this. I mean, Paul was thinking these things. And here's how the Lord responded to him. He just said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. That's so good. And then Paul said, so now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. You know, one of the Greek words for weaknesses is limitations. So just like you and I, the apostle Paul had Limitations. But limitations are actually a beautiful thing, because when we reach our limit, that's when God can show up with his grace and fill in the gap, make up the difference. And that's why Paul went from whining about his limitations to rejoicing in his limitations. Holy, ah, my limitations mean that God's going to show up. I'm glad he didn't say a bad word. Ah but that's probably the revelation that he had, right? Wow, I can't believe I've been whining about this all this time. This is a good thing. I'm glad I have limitations because that means God's going to show up. God's going to show up and he's going to help me. That's good news. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to know how to do everything. Darla, you don't have to know how to do everything. You don't have to know it. Woo. But you do have to learn how to rely on God's grace, his favor, this is called living by faith because Romans 5.2 says we have access by faith into this grace which we stand. So the only way to divine multiplication is by faith. You can't do this by yourself. You can't do this without confidence in God's word. See, if I had to define faith, that's how I would define it. Confidence in God's word. When you read something in it, you believe it and you act on it. That's what faith is. And you can't do this without faith. You must trust God to give you grace every time you need it. You must trust in the promises of God, even when it doesn't look like it's going to happen. You keep trusting in his promises. And you must really believe our core scripture. (laughs) We read this today, Ephesians 3.20. All glory to God who is able through whose whose power? His. His power, working within us to accomplish infinitely more than we could ask or think. I mean, it would be overwhelming and it would be discouraging for us to try to multiply on our own. I've tried it. It is disappointing. So disappointing. Thank God we don't have to, because here's the reality. Your calling is greater than your natural ability. Ooh. When God called you to do something, he knew you couldn't do it. (laughs) He ain't surprised. And since God has called you to do something that goes beyond what you can do on your own, that means that he's the one that's going to equip you by his grace to accomplish what he's asked you to do. So if you feel like, I can't do this, you found your calling. (laughs) But you have to stop trying to do it on your own. And you have to receive grace by faith. You have to walk with God every day. You have to learn to seek him first. So let's wrap this up by making it practical. Here's the commitment that you need to make if today's message has resonated with you. That's just, I will embrace divine multiplication through faith. Just make a commitment. Make a commitment. I'm going to ask the guys in the back to bring the lights down, cue up that music, and I want you to make that commitment with God right now, between you and God. Bow your head, close your eyes, and if this is something you're ready to commit to today, have that conversation with Him now. I will embrace divine multiplication through faith. Now let's take some time to pray in the Holy Spirit. Let's release some things in the Spirit. Because you know when we pray in the Spirit, we pray forth those mysteries. I mean, there's, there's, there's things that, you're like I, I just don't know what the next step is. And that's when you need to pray in the Holy Spirit when you, you're just, you don't know. Pray in the Holy Spirit. God's given us that gift and we do not use it enough. So let's everybody in this room, just open your mouth right now and begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. Use your prayer language and let's release these things. Come on, open your mouth. You don't have to be shy.
2: Let me hear you. Pray in the Holy Spirit.
0: <laughs> There's somebody in the room that's not filled with the Holy Spirit yet, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And the Lord is saying right now, if you'll just open your mouth and begin to pray, you'll be filled this very moment.
2: Fila Ravasa Taragashe Yalanabo Sotoko Yanavesi Fila gote Mimahasataravoso te Anamovosheshinamata Fela Navas Yaraga Fela no no so toko fe la ravasati ragashi. Praise you, Father God.
0: You are good, you are worthy, you are mighty. We worship you today, God, and we honor you. And we receive your command to multiply.
2: Ema va sote Pensa na Bolata batia
0: of you in the room who have decided today to embrace this command of divine multiplication I can sense the Holy Spirit saying there's going to come times where you feel like you're stuck What's, what's the next step, how do I move forward from here and the simple instruction for you today is you pray in the Spirit every time you get stuck you pray in the Spirit and you pray in the Spirit until you break through whatever's causing it's that simple Simple, but you gotta be obedient. Pray in the Spirit. Is there anybody who is on the fence of this? Like you you see this, you're like, ooh, I want to embrace divine multiplication, but you're just, you're wavering. You're like, I, I just don't, I don't know if I can do that. If that's you, will you stand up? Okay, awesome. Anybody else? Keep standing. I'm going to push you over the fence, not, not literally. Anybody else? It's your time. You're on the fence. You want to embrace divine multiplication. You're just not sure if you have what it takes. Okay. Somebody has a word for Lori in this room. Who is it?
3: Amen. Lord was just telling me as I was standing there, and he's asking you the same question that he's asked me many times, is what's your purpose? Yeah. Well, he's he's asking you again and he's asking you in front of those who really care about you and really want to pray for you and really want you to get over that fence. As Kate is saying, you got you've kinda of got that one leg over that fence, you're going, you know, this is what I need and yeah, you just, just come on, come on, come on. Well, he's wanting to know what is your purpose? What is your purpose for getting over that fence? What what is your reason, huh? Freedom what is the reason for getting into that multiplication? When you really need to ask her, everybody needs to not, not just her, we all need to be asking that. Really, what is the reason for getting over there? Because a lot of people will say, and a lot of born-again believers will say, well, I want to get over there, but it's really for me to multiply for myself. Yeah. Instead of other people. We're saying, I really want to multiply, but it's really to make me better make me look better maybe i can drive something nicer maybe i can live in something nicer that's not what it's about that's what kate said today it's not what it's about it really doesn't matter how much money you have it really matters what you're doing with what you have so the lord is not only telling you but everybody else in here including myself what is your purpose for multiplying what is your purpose for prospering because it's if it's for you to look better or to have better things hey God's all for that but that shouldn't be the reason why you're doing it and a lot of times I've said you know people ask me that you know no that's not what I mean but really deep down inside that's really sometimes what we mean Mm -hmm. because we want to drive that nicer car we want to drive that nicer no it's all about kind of what Summer just said it's all about other people other things and when we get to that point is when God begins to show us. And I really believe that in your heart that the most, the, one of the greatest things you want is for your children to prosper. I see it in your face. I see it in your comments. I see it in everything that you really want those kids to prosper. So I just want to speak over your kids right now that because of what you're doing out of obedience, your kids will prosper. It's not that they won't go through some hard things and have to learn. This one's going to go through some hard things and he's going to have some ideas sometimes that don't match up with yours. And I'm sorry, we all go through it. (laughs) But you are going to prosper in the Lord and not in yourself. This is probably the first time anybody's ever spoken over you, but I'm going to do it anyway because it's just the way I am. You're going to prosper in the Lord and not in yourself that's because uh, you know the good looking guy that you are and the personality that you have is not going to get you over it's really what God has for you and the thing about it is is your mama knows more than you do and you might as well decide to right now to start listening because if you don't start listening to her it's going to be a hard life man Thank you. no that was God that wasn't Mark but that just God kind of uses Mark sometimes so you need to listen to me this morning Is she knows more than you do so you need to shut that mind up and start listening or it's going to be really tough for you I'm sorry Thank you. I had to do a little spanking myself this morning yeah. what is your purpose for prospering and you better start asking yourself right now because if it's about you it's not about God and God is not in it if it's for you. Kate's been saying it all this morning. What is our purpose for prospering? Guys, we need to get our minds straight and we need to get our heart straight. Stop thinking about how good you look. Because it really doesn't make any difference. It's all about what's in your heart. Well, amen.
0: <laughs> amen. I think it's Matthew 6, 33, right? Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. So sometimes we wonder, right? We look at people who are prospering. And they're like, well, they are driving the nice car. They are living in the nice house. Well, it's probably because God gave that to them. God delights in giving good gifts to his children. You go about the kingdom work. You go about seeking God first and he's going to give you things. You're like, I don't deserve that. But he gives it to you because he loves you. Does that make sense to everybody? That's how it works.
1: Talent? So, what what is our purpose? I just wanted to add this to everything. What do we always say we're doing here? We're, we're finding, we're knowing God, we're finding freedom, discover purpose, and then make a difference, right? So what is our purpose? If we know God the same way that Adam knew his wife Eve in that intimate relationship, then he will lead us to freedom and deliverance in our lives, which is over time, we'll just get more progressively free as we walk that out in obedience, right? It's a journey. Um, and as we become more free, we begin to discover our purpose. What is our purpose? It's to grow our income. That's what it is. And what, what do you, what I mean by that? To grow your money? Well, sure, that's one little thing. But grow your resources. Grow the income of God's glory inside you because the kingdom of heaven is inside of us. And it comes out of our are out of our temples that comes out of us. So we have to first grow it in us for it to expand out Amen. that light. Amen. And so discover purpose is to grow your income. Why do we need to grow our income? So that we can make a difference. Because we can't really set a thousand or ten thousand to flight if we don't have any income. That's just it <laughs> So you gotta grow your income first and then you can make the difference that you need to make in other people's lives. And that's what our calling is To do so that ultimately we can bring Jesus to the world.
0: Amen. That's good.
3: That's good. Thank you. Randy. To so the church, to pray for a good friend of mine and also a co worker, his name is Roy Callum. Uh He shattered his heels so bad that they had to go in and do surgery and plates and screws and pins and all this stuff. And he's been in a cast from the bottom of his kneecap to his toes. And I just found out this morning that he. St. Francis Hospital with blood clots in the leg, blood clots in the lung, COVID. And so he's really rough around the edges right now he
0: needs some prayer. All right, let's pray for him. Go ahead and reach your hands towards Randy. He'll stand in the gap here. Lord, we lift up Roy to you in Jesus' name and we speak to his body and we command it to come in line with the will of the Father, with the will of God, which is for him to be healed and for him to be whole. Jesus paid the price 2,000 years ago. We're not waiting for him to do it. He's already done it. So we speak to Roy's body and we stand in the gap for him in Jesus' name and we release our faith on his behalf. And God, we ask you for a great miracle here in Jesus' name. And I ask you to surround Roy with the truth. Give him nurses and doctors that'll speak the word of God to him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. While we're praying for healing, I know of a pastor in Tulsa. It's actually the pastor of my grandma's church. He's got COVID and he's in the hospital on a ventilator. And I'm just like, man, I can't even imagine what that church is thinking, what that church is going through. Beth and I were praying for him last night, but there is power in our agreement. So I was just wondering if you guys would agree with me that he's going to come off that ventilator and he's going to be healed and he's going to be a living testimony to his church. Amen. So Lord, we come to you right now on behalf of David Sears. We lift him to you. And Lord, we ask you to heal his body. We know that you've already done it. We ask you to manifest it right now in his body that they look at the stats on that ventilator and they're like, we don't even need him on this thing anymore and that they take it out in Jesus' name. Restore his lungs, get that fluid out of his lungs in Jesus' name. We command all infection to go in Jesus' name and complete and total wholeness over his body that he'll come out of this better than he was before. And he'll come out with great faith and a renewed spirit and renewed energy and renewed strength in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
2: All right. Anything else, y'all, before we move
0: on? God's good. Amen. Amen, amen. Well, I want to show you guys a video next because we are we have started to support this new ministry that's in Owasso that's helping women and it's helping these women who have, who are coming out of incarceration or coming out of drug addiction. It's a new home in Owasso where these women go for 18 months and they go through this program and they find recovery. And I'm just going to let the video tell you about it because they do a better job explaining it than I do. So y'all go ahead and play that video.
4: Branch 15 is transitional housing for women who are coming out of a variety of life issues. Primarily, our population of ladies are coming from domestic violence, incarceration, human trafficking, drug and alcohol rehab. Our goal is to be able to minister to them, educate them, help build a new social support of healthy people around them to get them to the place of independent, sustainable living. We do that through greater character, greater connection, greater competency, and greater confidence. And so, when they come to us, they they walk through a a four-phase program to just kind of start building a new system of how they do things in their lives. They take our classes, they're required to go to church, go to recovery meetings. We get the ladies who need to in counseling. They live in different locations, and each one of those locations has a program manager, and that program manager is the one who walks them through their champion plan, which all of our ladies are at Branch 15, but they're all very different individual ladies. And so that champion plan is her individual plan for success, because no two people need the same things. We do dinners together, we do lunches together, we do life together, and then at some point we begin to talk about it's time to move out. But she still has that social support now so that when she moves out, she has a greater opportunity for success because she can call on those people when times get hard. The vision and the goal is to get them to a place of independence and sustainability so they never need us or anybody like us again.
0: that awesome yeah and that's right here in Owasso they're opening their Owasso house this month they already ran into a little snafu with the neighbors like they've renovated the house like it's already and then neighbor found out and thinks it's going to be like a halfway house where people are crazy next door sort of thing so they actually have to go to court with Rogers County and sort these things out so as you're praying for this ministry pray for favor because that is not what this house is like at all they're These women are going to be upstanding citizens. And if somebody comes in with drugs, they will be escorted out of the house because they have to be for the sake of the rest of the women in the house. So this is a very good thing that's happening, and we get to be a part of it. Uh, We're going to give $250 a month to start out as a church to Branch 15 to support what they have going on there. And, of course, they also need volunteers. And I know, Sandy, you're going to the training this week, I believe, to volunteer at the house. Um, They need more volunteers. I think it requires about 150 people to run each house that they have. And this is their fourth house that they're opening. So they need people to drive them to work. Huh? Their ninth house? They have that many? Wow, that's awesome. But they need people to drive them to work, to teach them just life skills, how to cook, how to sew. So it's not like you have to go live in the house. You could go do something once a week. But how you'd get involved is you can go to their website, branch15.com. You'll see an ambassadors tab there. They call their volunteers ambassadors. Just click that. There's an application there. Or you could just talk to Sandy. She can tell you what the process is like. But the way this came about was really incredible how God connected us with this ministry. Um Sandy, they talked to Sandy first, or no, they talked to Amy first. Amy sold them or gave them one of your chairs. You want to tell them the story?
3: In a nutshell, well, uh, I had a longtime friend that was a roommate, she passed away. Her brother had just given, bought a brand new recliner within a week, and so all this stuff was going on, and we're like, what? You know, they came and sold some of the furniture. Long story short, her brother called me and said, well, we found this ministry, we're going to. We're going to donate it to them, and they'll coordinate and go, okay. Well, when they came over, they started talking about Branch 15. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is a continuation of what Kate and Beth were doing, you know, what we're trying to do in this area. Here you go. So <laughs> it's, it really is just amazing how everything works together.
0: Yeah, so they talked to Amy, and then I was at a pastor's prayer meeting here in Owasso, and they came to present at the meeting, and I was like, hey, I'm Kate. and They're like, we know you. It's like, uh, how do you know me? And then we made the connection. It was Amy. And so, like, all these pieces are coming together. And you may not know this story, but Beth and I tried to start a house just like this a couple years ago. We were able to help a few ladies, and then the house was empty. And we just realized that we're not in the right phase of life to care, to help care for these women. Having four kids at home by ourselves, it's really kind of like caring for kids because they're just, they need a lot of support. They need a lot of help. And we realized, We felt the need, and so we ran after it, because that's just kind of what we do. And then we realized that we weren't the right people to run after this need. So when I heard about this ministry, I was like, man... God made it happen anyway, and these people are resourced to do this. This is a ministry that was birthed uh, from Amy Grochelle of Life Church, so they have the resources of Life Church backing them. So, I mean, it's just—it's really awesome. They're going to accomplish great things, and I'm thankful to be a part of it. We get to be a part of it as a church. And if you're ready to give today, and you're giving by cash or check, just raise your hand for an offering envelope. One of our ushers will bring that to you. You can always give online anytime at NoLimits.Fyi. Thank you so much for joining us. And a special thanks to those that give in to our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And if you were encouraged by this podcast, then hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.